0: Welcome back to the Evidence-Based Rheumatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is Episode 52, Results of a Six-Week Treatment with 10 milligrams prednisolone in Patients with Hand Osteoarthritis, a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial, otherwise known as HOPE. I was somewhat surprised to see this trial. I felt like we had already addressed this question and decided that it was not one that was worth investigating. I was even more surprised to see that the top-line results were overall promising. Let me give you some background. Hand osteoarthritis is a challenging disorder. About 8-10% to 10% of adults have it, and there's a lifetime risk of 40%. It's not quite true to say that if you're listening to this podcast, you will probably develop hand osteoarthritis, but it's pretty close. There are a number of therapeutic options for this disorder, none of which work very well. I educate people, I recommend light activities, running warm water over the hands, maybe some low-dose tonol if it actually helps, which it almost never does. I know people who are advocates of super low-dose prednisone, 2.5 milligrams a day. Uh, I personally have not done this very much. And then most commonly, our typical standby, NSAIDs. These have a moderate effect, and to be totally honest, I don't think it's that great. They certainly don't stop progression. And in a population of patients who tends to be older, NSAIDs are frequently contraindicated. Consequently, we really just don't have very much for hand osteoarthritis. We generally have thought about it as a degenerative disease And a lot of rheumatologists don't even follow it. Enter the HOPE trial. So this trial was performed at two sites in the Netherlands. Eligible patients had to have symptomatic hand osteoarthritis that fulfilled the ACR criteria and had to have signs of inflammation in the DIPs and PIPs. A little more on that because this is a very important point. To get into this trial, you had to have four or more DIP and PIP joint involvement with osteoarthritic nodes, You had to have at least one DIP-PIP joint with soft swelling or erythema. They took that one step further and said that you also had to have at least one DIP or PIP joint with power Doppler signal or synovial thickening on ultrasound. Patients also had to have 30 out of 100 pain on a 100mm visual analog scale. And then finally, and this is most interesting, you had to flare during a 48-hour NSAID washout period. For patients who weren't on NSAIDs, they could do this with Tylenol. Predictably, they had slow accrual, so they wound up including patients who did not flare during this NSAID washout period, but increased the requirement for the visual analog pain scale for that group of patients. Important exclusions included positivity for rheumatoid factor, or CCP, patients who had other chronic inflammatory rheumatic diseases, psoriasis, uncontrolled serious comorbidities, cancers, and infectious disease. Patients were randomized, one-to-one, to to receive either 10 mg of prednisolone daily from week 0 to 6, or matching placebo. They then had to be tapered, so from week 9 to 14, study medications were stopped. Tylenol was allowed, but importantly, NSAIDs were not allowed. They learned this from one of the prior trials, where it seemed like a high prevalence of NSAIDs reduced the possible treatment effect of steroids. The primary endpoint was finger joint pain after six weeks on a 100mm visual analog scale. I'm going to call that a VAS for now. They had a lot of good secondary endpoints. The analysis was modified, intention to treat. So let's talk about the results. 149 were ultimately assessed for eligibility. Almost 40% of these were excluded. And this was typically because of the NSAID washout thing. This is a very important point because it means that they really enriched this sample for patients who had inflammation that would be responsive to some type of anti-inflammatory drug. Regarding the primary endpoint, which was a difference in the VAS at week 6, treatment with prednisone as compared to placebo resulted in a difference between groups of negative 16.5. That is a relatively large difference for a trial of hand osteoarthritis, and I think that's why this paper made it into Lancet. At week six, they also looked at how many patients required paracetamol, or Tylenol, we'd call it here, 20% in the treatment group versus 38% in the control group for a number needed to treat of around five. So treatment with prednisone avoided about five people requiring a rescue medication with Tylenol. That all sounds pretty good, and this is reflected in the OMERACT OA responder criteria. of patients in the prednisolone group versus 33% in the placebo group fulfilled response criteria, meaning that you need to give two to three patients prednisone to have one patient have a response. Secondary outcomes also reflected this difference. SF-36 was significantly better, although not by a large margin. Synovial thickening was improved, and patient global assessments were also improved. So across the board, it did look like this treatment worked. What about adverse events? Overall, they were about the same. Serious adverse events actually favored the pernisolone group, although the numbers were too small to be very meaningful. Non-serious adverse events were about even. And so overall, you could say that six weeks of treatment with 10 milligrams of pernisolone was well tolerated. So this sounds great, right? Well, not so fast. A couple problems with this trial. One thing that they did that I think we should be doing more is they asked patients whether or not they knew which group they were in. 76% of patients correctly guessed their group. Now, it's not surprising that some people guessed correctly. There are two groups, so you would bet that it would be 50-50. But 76% is not close to 50-50. A lot of patients were unblinded. I guess that's because of side effects. Maybe that's because they felt better. Maybe that's because the people in the prednisone group didn't respond, and this drug really works. Whatever the reason, unblinding is a big deal, especially in osteoarthritis trials, where we already know that 40% of the benefit comes from placebo. That alone would give me pause, but I want to go back to something I talked about earlier, which is that this is a very specific group of patients. You had to have active, physical exam, ultrasound proven, inflammatory arthritis that would improve when we stopped NSAIDs or Tylenol. The vast majority of hand osteoarthritis that you see is not going to be terribly inflammatory, is not going to flare by 20% when you stop an NSAID for two days, and is not going to show power-dopular uptake on ultrasound. This was both a cumbersome criteria and also a criteria that limited the generalizability of these findings. Moreover, I can't shake the feeling that some of these patients might have just had seronegative rheumatoid arthritis. They understandably excluded patients who had positive RF and CCP, but there's plenty of RA that doesn't test positive for those markers. Is it possible that some of these patients they're treating just had RA? I certainly think so. Even more problematic is that they force patients to not take NSAIDs. Yes, I agree, NSAIDs have a lot of problems, but you know what else has a lot of problems is 10 milligrams of prednisone. They only gave it for six weeks, so they didn't have a whole lot of side effects, but doing this long-term carries a lot of important risks. Last but not least, This is Match Day, and I'd like to share one of my 10 axioms for new fellows, which is steroids make everything better. That includes fibro, horrible cancer, and now osteoarthritis of the hand. The implication of this trial is certainly that patients improved because of some reduction in inflammation, but I should also note that maybe they just felt better because they got a little pep in their step for six weeks when they started taking 10 milligrams of prednisone. Patients who are more active, patients who are more energetic, may also report less symptoms of pain, better scores on their SF-36, and honestly, none of us want to give people steroids just to give them a little extra pep for a couple weeks. That being said, I think this is a very interesting trial and one of the more important trials in osteoarthritis of the hand that I've ever read. It demonstrates that giving anti-inflammatories to a group that has very inflammatory osteoarthritis can improve their experience for six weeks. If I have a patient with inflammatory osteoarthritis of the hand, There's a high chance that i would now consider giving them a short run of prednisone to see if it gets them through a flare this disease can relapse and remit so perhaps this is a nice option to have in your back pocket for patients who are really suffering over the short term i would not do this chronic and i would not give this to a broad range of osteoarthritis especially those who don't have a lot of objective inflammation on my exam the most important question for me is if you have a patient who looks like this and keeps coming back with objective synovitis in their PIPs, possibly their DIPs, are you going to start them on something else as a steroid-sparing agent? My answer is that I probably would, and I would probably stop calling them osteoarthritis and call them seronegative rheumatoid arthritis, which we treat with methotrexate. I think that's a good note to wrap up this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please follow me on Twitter. I'm at EBRoom. Check out my website at ebroom.com, head to whiteboardebm.com to see a whiteboard video that I produced, and most importantly, have a great week.